Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that you can get your hands on this and every episode of the other stories a day ahead of release by becoming a patron of the show over at www.patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content and can help contribute to future stories featured on the show. This week's episode was actually taken from suggestions from over at the Patreon feed from myself, and this episode is called Until the Deed is Done, written by Daniel Wilcox and narrated by Persephone Rose. He had been here before. Of that, he was sure. The house loomed over the street, its shadows reaching dark fingers across the pavement and bleeding into the ground. Where its crooked chimney spiked to the sky, now a single blade of darkness strained to reach the other side of the street, a place where, it seemed, all foot traffic resided. Damien stood in the cold shadows for some time, watching as resident after resident crossed over to the other side, avoiding the shadows at all costs, their faces not even showing an acknowledgement that they had done so, as if some dark magic was repelling people away, two negatively charged magnets unable to touch. Damien shuddered, wondering once again, why me? He reached out a hand, the gates creaking open as the rusty hinges sent their warning. The sound was unnerving, making the hairs on the back of Damien's neck stand to attention. He looked back across the street, 
half hoping that someone would call out to him, stop him, tell him to turn around and go back home, because some voice deep inside himself was already warning him of entry. He had been here before, he knew that, he just didn't know when or why. Damien turned to walk inside. The gate was now closed. Now? Closed? Hadn't it always been closed? Hadn't he just opened it? Now that he came to think about it, he could not remember in the slightest what was true and what wasn't. He had opened the gate, just not in this life. Gripping his suitcase with sweating, trembling fingers, Damien took a deep breath and stepped inside. The house was exactly as he expected it to be. A thin layer of dust covered all. Spiderwebs decorated the cracks and holds of nooks and shelves. There was a smell of old lofts and forgotten corners. Chairs and tables were sheeted, the material moving ever so slightly in a breeze that Damien couldn't himself feel. He traced his way around the house, marveling at how clearly he remembered everything there the grandfather clock with the broken cuckoo bird, the chintzy fabric of the carpets, chairs, and wallpaper, the corner in the living room where the paper peeled and hung, the notches on the bedpost that Grandpa had made the day he had assembled the bed and caught a piece of wood on the door jamb. It was all here, clear as crystal in a memory that should never have been. He had been told that he had been here once, years ago, when he had still been young enough to be sucking on his mother's breast. That time had been more than 30 years ago, just a week before Grandpa kicked Grandma out and Mother had cleared up the pieces. Before Grandpa was written out of their lives and wallowed in his pit of misery, a hellhole filled with bourbon, escorts, and pay-per-view TV. He hadn't been a kind man. Every picture that Damien had seen over the years showed a display of Grandpa's grimace, a miserable gray rainbow on his face where his lips should have been, eyes so dark that it looked like the pupils had bled into the irises, hair greased and attacked with a comb until all that was left behind were wet streaks of gray glued to the dome of his head. His grandpa wasn't a nice man, that was the story, but grandpa had left Damien a house. Out of all thirteen grandchildren, all four children, it had been Damien who had been left the deeds for the manor. A final dig from grandpa to upset his daughter and wife, he supposed. Damien set to work. The challenge had been a simple one, to sleep in the manor for one week. That was grandpa's dying wish scrawled in barely legible writing and communicated through an attorney who looked as though the ghoul that had been Grandpa had sucked away most of his soul. Or maybe that was just the look of a legal representative. Damien had no clear idea why that was the challenge, only that, should he succeed, the house would be his. Forever. As a man who had spent the best decade of his adult life sofa-hopping and living in apartments that would have been better burnt to piles of ashes than advertised as residences, the idea of owning property had felt like a godsend. Now he wasn't so sure. 
The first few nights passed quickly enough, and with only a few minor incidences, Damien set to work, tackling one room at a time, cleaning, tidying, creating piles of furniture and decor that he would arrange to be collected once the week had expired. He knew he shouldn't have been surprised by the number of creatures and creepy crawlies he found along the way, but each one gave him a start. When moving a particularly solid walnut bookcase, he came across a hole in the floor. The edges were soft and wet, rotten and bending. From inside, he could see the glittering sparks of wet things. Damien stuck his finger inside. He wasn't sure why, only that he knew he should. A picture in his head came unbidden of him performing this action already. A feeling of cold and damp reached his finger before it even entered the hole. His breath caught as several dozen woodlice poured out of the darkness and scattered across the living room floor. He wiped his finger on his top, pawed his tired eyes, and when he looked back, they were gone. Well, not gone. The hole still glittered, but the woodlice seemed to be nestled back in their hole. With another wave of curiosity, he poked, and they scrammed, carving the exact same patterns he had foreseen just moments ago. Another incident saw Damien beneath the sink, his grandpa's rusted tools in hand, ready to fix the dripping noise that had been gently kneading away at his patience since he had arrived. With a wad of towels beneath his back, he set to work, mopping up the residue, head buried in the shadows of the dark recesses beneath the sink. A sound of shuffling, gnawing wood. Damien turned to find the rat on its hind legs, a big old thing with whiskers that seemed to stretch to either side of the space at once. Damien had never been afraid of rats, but this one looked different somehow. Its skin was moist, hair greasy and sparse with dark skin beneath. A golden ring rimmed its pupils as it stared at Damien, before slamming its feet to the floor with an impossibly heavy thud and launching itself at him. Damien juddered back, lifting his head in alarm and smacking it on the underside of the cupboard. He felt the rat's paws on his chest. Its weight was alarming. He arched his head to look for the rat, but it was already gone. No sign of it left to see. No tail disappearing around a corner. Just a dull throb in his head from the pain of... A gnawing sound beside him. Damien turned and saw the rat stood on its hind legs. Whiskers impossibly stretched to either side of the cupboard. Its skin moist. Hair greasy. Dark skin beneath. It launched at Damien. And before he could help himself, he raised his head, smacking it on the underside of the cupboard. This time, he saw it, the rat running away, its tail disappearing around the corner. Gone. Or at least, he hoped. He turned his head with apprehensive eyes, but the cupboard was empty. The following day, the number of incidences increased. A kettle burn, boiling the ancient rusting device to prepare a morning brew. Without warning, his hand involuntarily twitched, a great dollop of scolding water leaping from the spout and finding his ring and pinky finger. 
a white-hot pain firing up his body as he dropped the kettle and sent scalding water down his leg. A second later, and the kettle was back in his hand, the muscles already twitching before he had a chance to warn himself against it. White-hot pain. Drop. Blistering skin. Wide eyes and a thumping heart. An electrical fault. Upon entering the darkness of the basement to clear out old boxes, the light bulb exploded into a million shards. A glow of blue and white as a bolt of electricity jumped from the socket and found the top of Damien's head. A sharp pain as if someone had jabbed a long, thin needle into his skull, then removed it as quickly as it had come. He had fainted then, watching the floor come up towards him fast, fearing for his life as his nose led the charge, would be the first point of contact. Screwing eyes shut as a strange seasick sensation washed over him and he was bathed in light. Looking up to watch as the glass rained down, that same blue bolt again, and the feeling of unconsciousness taken. Waking an indeterminate time later to find blood decorating his face, and the beginnings of bruises forming beneath his lids. And so it went, slipping in the bath twice, stubbing his toe on his grandpa's bed twice, a screwdriver slipping from its hold and stabbing the webbing of his finger twice, occurrence after occurrence with increasing regularity. By the sixth day, Damien was almost certain that something was out to get him. Some internal force within the house was playing spooks and screwing with his mind. He wondered after the spirit of his grandpa, musing with the possibility that perhaps he remained here with the house and was just playing tricks. A true, final goodbye. And that certainly was revealed on that final night. Past Midnight Judging by the starlight shining off the brass hands of the large clock in the master bedroom, the sound of hushing in a witching hour usually belonging to ghosts and ghouls, a weight at the end of the bed, cutting off circulation in Damien's foot. Grandpa? Damien bolted upright, feeling more awake and terrified than ever. The ghostly figure just turned. Of course, Damien knew that it would. Somehow, the feeling that he had seen this man, here, in this form before, was all-encompassing. He knew how this played out. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he knew. The ghost of his grandpa shifted, moving to all fours on the bed until he was towering over Damien, his face inches from his own, an impossibly real weight pinning the duvet to his body. Damien struggled, but was unable to move. Flashed back. Struggled, but was unable to move. The ghost's eyes were cruel, his mouth a slit across his face, teeth rotten and missing, exuding a breath that was both foul and familiar. Damien knew what was to come next, though he still had no idea how. It was almost as though the ghost of his grandpa was inserting the images before they had come. The whole experience, a nightmare to be lived not once, but twice in quick succession. Grandpa, please, Damien whispered. The figure hesitated for a moment, cocked his head, 
Damien found himself repeating his words. The figure hesitated for a moment, cocked his head. With a bone-chilling cackle of glee, his grandpa leaned forward, resting his body weight on Damien. His shoulder rested atop Damien's face, smothering his mouth. The skin was cold and damp, reminding Damien of rock pools and cliff-face algae. All of a sudden, his breath was cut short. He choked, gasped, wriggled, was free, only for a second. He had flashed back. The shoulder was down again, cold, damp, smothering, choking, spluttering. He felt lightheaded. Blossoms of white appeared in his vision. His eyes rolled back. Unconsciousness came. Then consciousness found him again, a terrifying fear of repetition as he tasted the salt rock. Heard his grandpa chuckling. <laughs> white blossoms appeared again, eyes rolling back. Unconsciousness. Then, and then, nothing. Damien awoke to a bed soaked in sweat. It clung to his every fiber. Sunlight streamed into the room. He jackknifed out of bed with a start, feeling his head rush as he did so. A second later, he found himself jackknifing again. The feeling of awakening from a dream in which you're falling and find solid ground in the instant of waking... The final morning. The final morning. Damien grabbed his suitcase. Damien grabbed his suitcase. Left the house. Left the house. Left his grandpa. Left his grandpa. And never once looked back. And never once looked back. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Until the Deed is Done was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Persephone Rose, with music from Mayu and Tom Robson. As mentioned in the intro, a lot of the ideas from this episode actually came from suggestions put forward by our fans over at the Facebook group and on Patreon.com. We've had some new patrons this week, so big shout out to Scott Berger, Beige S and Nightmare. We've also just had a great new Patreon episode go out to all our patrons called Retrograde, a sci-fi adventure involving time travel and dinosaurs. What could go wrong? If you would like to support us, join our family and get access to this exclusive episode as well as every episode that's come before and I think we're up to about 40 exclusive episodes now on the Patreon feed, then become a patron today. All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. That's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Until next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.